Welcome to Open Hands, a podcast exploring spirituality, mental health, and the space in between. I'm your host and fellow wanderer, Sarah Nickerson. This week, a friend of mine who goes by the pen name Refried Bean shares ideas about life and spirituality during times of depression and severe mental illness. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Sarah, to Open Hands. We're so glad to have you today. Um, if you'd like, do you want to start by maybe just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks. Uh, my name is Sarah, and I live in New York City, and I, um, I, I'm a writer. I write poetry, and I have a pen name, too, which is Refried Bean. Oh, I love that, that. I use on my ebooks, which are posted on, online. And I, um, uh, but I still mostly in my regular life just go by Sarah. Yeah. And, um, Hello, Sarah. Thanks. <laughs> and, uh, I, um, came to New York City to go to social work school. But before that, I worked in a bookstore for about 12 years, worked at a Barnes and Noble. And I'm happy to be on this podcast because I um, have severe mental illness mm. and I care a lot about um, faith and yeah. Christianity. And I've had just interesting experiences working out all kinds of religion problems. Yeah. And I found some some happiness and peace of mind. So I thought it would be cool to be on the show and share some of that. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. So talk to me a little bit about your like mental health, spirituality journey. Um, so I um, am kind of an evangelical, but am also kind of hodgepodge and have some Catholic beliefs too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I basically, I'm about 43 years old and in college I had a nervous breakdown and knew it was permanent mm. and it kind of turned into a case of, what seemed like uh, bipolar disorder yeah. um, because of some major episodes where I like, went missing in New York City and stuff on mm. a field trip, and uh, it was kind of it was kind of a crazy story because I wound up miraculously miraculously at Bellevue and yeah. was safe, so that's good. But then I came back to my hometown and I finished college and uh, really had trouble with psychiatric medicine and um felt depressed but it it ended up being kind of a schizo schizoaffective disorder uh Mm. and um had like this crazy combination of all these problems i was i i'm thankful i got to work in a bookstore i got to work in a barnes and noble and it was really social and i got to walk around a lot and i ended up staying there for a long time instead of trying to get a job like in advertising which was my major and or something like that so there were a lot of good things about it and uh i was really i've been surviving it's Mm. it's been a survival situation for years and years and i have had a lot of times of great relief and happiness but also kind of an ongoing stress of preventing manic episodes and stuff like that and then i think part of my condition is all these religion problems where i it's kind of like the scrupulosity yeah 
and um, worrying about people's salvation. If I say the wrong thing, is that mm. it for them? You know, or if I right. don't say something and then like, what am I allowed to say or not say? And so I kind of had to navigate that in a bookstore where we had a lot of intellectual conversations about random things. Yeah. So there was yeah. always like a constant opportunity to just like burst in with something right some kind of religious thing uh and but then that wasn't quite right either uh, so it kind of drove me crazy but oh. um <laughs> but i feel happy i just learned how to tell the truth and be honest mm. and um another thing that helped me was writing poetry so i started writing poetry and i've worked out a lot of my questions in poems i write about judgment day a lot because that's the thing i forgot about which i think is really a mentally ill thing to worry about it as much as i do and to like imagine scenarios and try to brace myself and be like okay what am i going to say when this happens you know and it's Mm. like can't really think of it (laughs) that much ahead of time yeah (laughs) but um but uh i um feel happy about that I made a lot of friends and survived and then I um went to school for creative writing I finished an MFA and it was like one of the happiest things that, that yeah. I've ever gone through wow. and after that decided to come to New York and by then I was having some trauma symptoms because because mm. of my because the, the problems at home and with my job wore me down really bad yeah and so I was still kind of surviving and then I came to social work school and um have ended up I'm on SSDI and um I do food volunteering as my main uh kind of activity in my life I guess And, and also my main like social connections i think are yeah from volunteering and i'm doing yeah. pretty good i feel um thankful and happy so. yeah that's so great i i'm so curious about like um like you say like writing and poetry is really helpful for you and it sounds like volunteering also kind of helps to maybe keep you balanced like what has worked for you over the years and trying to sort of um like find that sweet spot between uh, being true to what you believe in and what's important to you, but also um, like making space for pieces of your mental health that might be hard. Um, I think that I think for me a difficult thing, and this was like an issue right at the very beginning, right in college, where I became severely depressed. Yeah, I all of a sudden had this other this different scenario than what I was used to because I had kind of been taught to serve others and to kind of live sacrificially. And all of a sudden Mm. I was in this crisis of depression where I had to do anything I could to feel better. Sure. And it totally changed my lifestyle where from then on, I'm like trying to find some happiness and relief and my socializing instead of me being like, okay, what can I, what am I supposed to do for for people right how can i do volunteer work you know am i supposed to be like using conversations to like steer people a certain way Mm. you know with uh with christianity or something instead i'm like in a crisis where i really need friends constantly and i need it just changed things i think some of it was better it kind of helped me be an honest like person sure just just kind of trying to stay positive in various ways and yeah and be happy but it also 
made things different with like church friendships and sure. just participation in, in church situations because some people just didn't understand it they saw it for what it is they mm. saw it as a type of kind of i don't want to say hedonism because it's yeah. not really like it wasn't like kind of an out of bounds you know like doing things sure. bad all the time or something yeah. it was just that i was it was kind of a more selfish mindset than mm. a lot of people are able to achieve and i can't i can't do that i have to like be kind of <laughs> looking for comfort all the time and i also yeah. have a little bit of autism which sure that can be turned that can make people focus more on themselves too not necessarily in a bad way but it's kind of like this challenge yeah. to learn how to be myself and be like okay well, what's the best way what's the best thing to do and and sometimes it's like I learned it at, at my job at the bookstore. I would have a lot of one-sided conversations where mm. I'd start talking and saying interesting stuff. And I think that's not how a lot of people communicate. <laughs> but it, it, you can probably tell now. I don't know that I just like start <laughs> speaking. But I found that that would be that was the way to be a more my more authentic self. Yeah, and that that in the big picture, it made me less selfish because I was staying alive. Yes. I was showing up. Yeah. I was being productive. I was like being myself. So I was like using my gifts and talents, making the most of everything. And so it became like, it actually helped me not be, it helped me be less of a hypocrite because yeah. I had to allow, I had to like tolerate other people kind of seeing it and being like, this is kind of, a selfish person mm. a little maybe a little bit lazy i just knew how i was perceived sometimes not by everyone yeah. but yeah. by some people as kind of like not doing what i'm supposed to but i knew myself that i was in the big picture with like a big framework yeah. of like survival that i was like doing the best i can for everyone oh yeah and i'm kind of happy with how it's gone yeah yeah, that's so hard. Um, I feel like with mental health and the Christian church in particular, like there's often a misunderstanding of men like mental illness and what it means to try to take care of ourselves in the midst of that and like feeling all the guilt and shame from being like, well, I'm supposed to be like other centered and like, what does it mean if I'm focusing on myself? Like yeah. it can really like lead you down this whole like rabbit trail of like thoughts and feelings. Do you feel like um, – like within the church, it was hard for you to be able to like be that authentic self within the community? Or do you feel like you found a community where you can do that well? I think sometimes I was okay. And there's a lot of heroes mixed in almost anywhere you go in different, yeah. in different, um, uh, different places and communities and stuff. And in church, there were always these awesome people who were really understanding Mm. and who really reached out and supported me and then there were people who just like they didn't understand you know a yeah. lot of people who didn't understand or didn't believe in mental illness and were kind of vocal about yeah. it maybe yeah. maybe in a kind of insensitive way sometimes and then like then like in some places they teach they teach everyone that that depression is like kind of wrong in the first yeah. place and yeah. they also some people say, you know, psychiatric medicine is that's kind of like if you're if someone's on that, then that's kind of a flag to let you know that right, they right. might be bad in some way. 
and like they teach this stuff you know people yeah. like ministers can be teaching it from their church or the seminaries they teach it mm. or there's books so you might be like in a a bible study or or a church service and they recommend right. a book and you know that book is like telling people that social anxiety is kind of like this cowardice oh, yeah. idolatry like you don't yeah. regard god in a high enough way and you mm. care too much about what people think of you and meanwhile mm. the excruciating experience of social yeah. anxiety and, and and what what people have to face you know some people even to go to the grocery store is like traumatic sure for me i was okay like do it, go to Walmart and stuff like that, but actually working retail and having to face all these strangers. I mean, it was just like literally yeah. almost physically painful. Yeah. And I was just in a panic all the time. And I knew, I knew it was this difficult challenge every day. And I knew people didn't just didn't get it. Mm. And then there's some people who it's not that they understand or don't understand. They, they are just nice to you anyway. And I got to say, I think some people don't appreciate they, they perceive that as like condescension and like, sure. They can tell that the person that thinks they're doing you a favor. Mm. But to me, I honestly really appreciate it when people are like nice to me anyway, if they see me as a category of person who's like kind of not yeah. approved or something for various reasons. I still, I don't mind being someone's good deed. You know, when I'm in like a survival crisis, it's fine sure. with me. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've learned how to like, you know, one thing, I mean, so you and I know each other from a class that we are in together at NYU. Yeah. And like one of the things that I always really appreciated about you as a person, Sarah, was like you were always so authentic in who you were as a person and what you believed and how you like worked in the world, but you never did it in a way that made other people feel like shame or guilt or like othered um, yeah and it like it sounds like just from hearing you talk today too like that you figured out a way to yeah like be your authentic self and still hold on to like your spirituality and your religion and like what was important to you in both of those spaces and that's such a that's a really freaking hard thing to do thanks I appreciate it and it, it actually is a struggle for me just from some of it I think it's a struggle I think everyone has a hard time like learning how to yeah. I don't know like treat people right but I think I have some OCD mixed in too sometimes yeah. with wanting to make sure I like care care about yeah. other people in the right way you know and sure say the right thing and don't don't offend people or something yeah yeah what kind of helps you like when you get into that space where you feel like your religion and your mental health are kind of like bumping up against each other? You know, I think that I think sometimes I think sometimes I just choose to keep stuff to myself, but I yeah. think this main thing that helps me do that is from praying on my own. And some of that, it's funny because that's some that's OCD too. Some of it is an anxiety mm. disorder that makes me like constantly be like begging God for all kinds of stuff. And I've mm. kind of learned, I turned it into, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say like a hobby or something, but it's like I've, I've developed a system where I just ask for all the stuff I can think of for all the people. 
And yeah. I think that doing that makes me feel less worried about things being up to me saying the right thing for people, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, like yeah. everything is just hinging on whether I keep quiet at the right time or say something winsome in some way, you know, if, if really I'm like used to just praying for everyone, not just personal, not just praying for people personally, but just like, yeah. just if, if I just pray a lot in general, I think that takes some pressure off me and reduces some of the like compulsive, Sure. Now I have to say a, a religion thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like finding ways to sort of let it go or like yeah. release it in some capacity. Yeah. It's cause like I'll already have a sense that God's taking care of everyone. He's gonna, he's gonna like give everyone all the blessings yeah. that I've requested. I think there's some middle illness in that, like maybe some magical thinking. Sure. Uh, but I think mostly it's reasonable to like have hope that, that it's yeah. worthwhile to just like yeah ask ask God for stuff you know yeah and I know from like our time together in class too I, I think if I'm remembering correctly like you often use humor too as a way to to like cope or to work with different things yeah I do and that makes me happy I've like I've always liked humor and jokes ever since I was a kid and I think that some of it might come from um I think that some of it has to do with like an Asperger's autism condition and a developmental disorder or something, something that's kind of like a lifelong situation where I have an uneven profile of abilities. I think that there's some kind of bent thing there that has added to a sense of humor. And so it's like the positive flip side of some stuff like, like like uh possibly possibly something mixed in with like uh um a gender thing sure an age thing like an immaturity and a a a gender thing and there's a third thing i can't remember but i i have thought about it sometimes and so whenever i think man whenever I feel the suffering from being like different, I think, well, there's gifts that come with it. Yeah. Kind of a consolation. And I think maybe everyone, it's just a philosophical thing I've thought of. I've wondered about is whether everyone has the capacity to truly be happy with who they are. Mm. And if that people like are in an optimal situation where they're being themselves, if some of the like, dissatisfaction with various like weaknesses yeah could go away for anyone you know and that yeah. no one would be like man I wish I was like this instead I wish I didn't have this whatever situation that everyone could be like feel loved right the way they are you know yeah yeah I often feel like people who struggle with mental illness or addiction or any of these like um, different corners of suffering sometimes I feel like like even though we suffer a great deal in some ways we also have access like more of the good stuff in life right like yeah because we can't we've kind of like given up on the facade like it's like well (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) I know I'm not going to be like everyone else and so like there's sort of this freedom that comes with just being like I'm doing the best that I can and like some days are good and some days are really bad and like it kind of brings us I, – I feel like it, it sometimes like brings us home back to ourselves in a way that maybe people who aren't suffering as much 
um, may have like more trouble getting to in some ways. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it also, it, it sometimes puts you in the path to meet really cool people. Mm-hmm. And I think it also, it can make you eligible for support. And, and then some other, sometimes if people um, have other stressors, maybe there's different supports for different yeah. situations. But I think that yeah. sometimes to go ahead and just be like definitely in a category of, 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 of like, of affliction, you know, yeah. then, yeah. then, then you can get the help for it and the support. And I've always been like, really, I've always thought mental illness, people with mental illness were really cool. And I remember reading yeah. just every now and then reading uh, or listening to the radio or something when I was in high school and college. And then I would hear about someone who like went mad, mm. you know, and like this, like this writer ended up going to the mental hospital in later years or whatever. And I always thought, man, that is so cool. I would love for that to be me. <laughs> and yeah. I know that seems like kind of sick, but I honestly, I'm like overjoyed to be a psychiatric patient sometimes. Um, but I got to say that some, for some people, it's not like that. It's like sure. a devastation. Yeah. And during these, uh, these recent, like the last maybe eight years I, I like tr- started having these trauma symptoms really bad mm-hmm. and it messed with my personality. I also mm-hmm. have a seizure disorder now oh, and that can mess with people's personalities too. Yeah. So for me to, to all of a sudden be like, have my personality kind of in question where it's like, I, I had trouble tolerating that and accepting any of that. And it made me realize how mental illness is for some people. Like I was happy when I, was turned out to be manic depressive and then like to me schizophrenia I've always thought schizophrenia is like ultimate those people are the coolest and like so this whole the whole path for me was like I've like been like man this is cool more symptoms you know hallucinations that's great and but and in like kind of a weird unusual way but but with the personality stuff I was like man that's just I couldn't stand it I mean Mm. it was actually a challenge in terms of like being mad at God you know in a way where I would never have like a disrespectful anger towards him but I was almost like I don't even Mm. I won't even go to heaven I'll refuse to go to heaven over this you know stupid stuff like that yeah I've got I've kind of like recovered some and accepted that that my whole life got hurt, you know, in mm. my mind and everything about myself and that I'll just, I'm happy I have what's left of myself and to even be able to like think and know who I am and yeah, get through a yeah. day. It's, there's a lot of blessings mixed in. So. Sure. Well, and I can imagine like, I know for me, like when I started exploring my own like mental health more, there's all, there's also sort of like almost a relief, like what you're saying of of just like, I don't know, like there's something about like, it's not like I like wanted to have mental health issues, but then there's also sort of a relief of like, okay, like this makes sense. Like this is why things have been so hard for me. This is why like things that, you know, feel like they should have been easier were so difficult. Um, so yeah, I definitely understand just sort of like being like, okay, like, well, like this all like kind of um, – yeah, like it kind of like brings you closer to an understanding of yourself in a way. Yeah. And I really, I really like kind of seeing it. I like the, um, 
the medical interpretation sometimes, the, mm. having an explanation and being able to take things and be like, well, this is, of course, this is, of course, you know, normal. And it's it's kind of sometimes when the worst parts happen, because I think mental illness does come with like embarrassing situations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like you yeah. have, have some kind of pro- problem. I don't know, like some of it's normal chronic problems of maybe not fitting in. And then other things are like these huge episodes where you really kind of like lose it and make decisions and say stuff, say the wrong thing, you know, get taken away from the mall in an ambulance because of whatever, you know, something. Um, I had some situations with manic episodes, but it's like sometimes with the humiliation of some of that, it really helps to mix it with the the view of symptoms and the be like mm. and then and the kind of view it like you know what i don't get to be one of the people in the middle hospital uh if i don't have this bad side to it too where i like lose right. a friend or you know right. or my reputation gets messed up in some way lose a job whatever it is it's like that's you you have to endure like you, the 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 good and the bad is part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like somewhere in there too, like your spirituality can help to alleviate some of your suffering as well? Yeah, I think it does. And I think in a way, sometimes it is part of the suffering. Like I have, it's, it's really interesting actually. Cause I, uh, cause I think that some of my depression, I think that I really can't feel I, I think there is something like messed up where I can't feel happiness on certain yeah, levels. And sure. I, it makes me not have the same experience as other people have. And like, I don't feel in terms of like faith, I sometimes don't feel God's love. I, mm. I always believe in him. Um, I always feel like aware that he knows everything and is watching, but I feel like I have had trouble feeling like love and approval from him yeah, yeah. and then i this is so interesting because i had a few seizures and the seizures i have are like kind of a mood seizures and then a few that are more i think they were temporal lobe seizures where mm. i start it's kind of a spiritual experience and i i've had a couple situations where it made me feel God's love. And I was like, oh, cool. it was such a cool experience. I was like, oh, this is, it's exactly like they say in church. Yeah. He's not mad at me. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, God loves me. And, and, and I, it kind of, I kind of interpreted it. It felt like, a like prof- prophetic communication of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Interest really like weird things that I might not have always believed in even, but then, when the seizure's over, it's back to normal and it's back to being just kind of a little bit depressed. And it, I think that having that experience and I've gotten help, like some help with like, uh, taking the theology courses with people who helped me. And so I feel like I've gotten some relief there, like spiritual care that helped me, you know, believe, okay, God loves me and Jesus loves me. And I believe that in a way I haven't always, but believing it and feeling it, it's not the same thing. Yeah. And to have felt it for even like a little while during a seizure, it makes me know it's real. And it makes me aware that I don't feel like something's wrong. 
like I have a mental illness, I have mm. a brain situation that is where some there the love is not getting through. Yeah. In the same way that it does for other people. And I don't need to blame myself. I don't need to blame other people for being like, what's wrong with you? I mean, it's just like, right. it's like, it's like, I, I know that sometimes people perceive me as like this, this, this Christianity stuff is pretty basic and you don't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and do you feel like, um, like as you've gotten to know yourself better and explore, uh, the different parts of who you are. Do you feel like you've found like other people who have similar experiences within the Christian community that you're able to like relate to, or what has that been like for you? Yeah, I uh, I think sometimes when people have depression, I have an idea of how it is, and I know it's like a crisis. But even then, I still forget about how bad it is. I still, yeah, I, I yeah. it's weird. I think I'm also someone who has kind of fallen short in comforting people sometimes. Because even having been through like bad pain, mental pain and emotional pain, I still sometimes when I'm feeling better, uh, just don't have a, the full concept of how other people are getting through right. problems yeah, and stuff like that. Well, yeah, it's also hard like when you've been through it, you know, sometimes it's hard to like when, when you've worked so hard to move through it, it's like, oh, like, you know, even for myself, sometimes it's hard to like look back on, on difficult seasons and remember what it was like. Uh, but I would imagine that's probably part of the reason you also like went to social work school. And it sounds like maybe part of the reason you volunteer as well. Yeah. Yeah. And because um, I do want to help other people, especially when people kind of feel um a condemnation feeling where they they're literally worried about going to hell mm. stuff like that i really hope to help people with that and help people find their relief and be able to have some hope you know and yeah um and, but i do the volunteering helps me get out of a hole get out of like a mental hole yeah and be kind of just doing like normal shuffling around at the food pantry bagging groceries having polite conversation sometimes rule you know sometimes rules about you know don't like get into political arguments and stuff like that can kind of be uh, a helpful thing that keeps me in a good state of mind right right and stuff like that it's like it kind of it, it it puts me in a zone of health where i'm not just mm happy you know being mentally ill but happy but where where i'm like almost having a a feeling of normalcy normal life and productivity you know something to feel good about for the day it's a good thing yeah for sure i definitely think that like mental illness causes us to shift our attention so far like into ourselves yeah and so like having yeah having those things that kind of create a sense of like normalcy or that help us to shift our attention towards like yeah helping others or or even just like doing something productive like you said like shuffling around the pantry or like cleaning our apartment like all of that kind of helps to keep us afloat um, yeah when things can feel like really hopeless or dire yeah and that was one of the reasons I stayed when I kept the bookstore job it was kind of a low-paying job but I would I was like I would literally be at the customer service desk and there'd be a few people in front of me in line. And I would just think, you know, 
there's people and there's other people in front of me if I just stay here it's like it's I'm, I'm automatically like forced to care to to care about other people and mm. not be like isolated and yeah. and depressed and stuff but um I was gonna say something about oh oh the food volunteering I that reminds me of another interesting thing about my psychiatric medicine that makes me hungry yeah. which has been really a difficult like psychiatric medicine I would say has been a struggle as much as the mental illness and I've heard mm. other people say that and I kind of yes. copied yeah. other people to go ahead and be like I almost can't stand it I almost can't even look back on my life and believe that I had to take psychiatric medicine it has been sure. such a source of suffering and I was on the wrong medicine for a long time yep. yeah and I can't even believe what I was supposed to endure and, and I but I'm okay but one of my medicines um, increases my appetite and it's actually yeah. a good medicine that I am happy to have been able to take risperdal is what it is and there's yeah, some yeah. uh there's some medicines like that that are even worse in terms of like weight gain and appetite stuff but the feeling just a smidge of added hunger all the time i really think that i've ended up it's really affected just um the ways that i have found relief and meaning mm. and to just be a little bit hungry all the time i think that's one reason i ended up kind of gravitating to food volunteering and I think also with prayer, you know, a lot of a lot of people who like monks and stuff, they do fasting, which I don't do much fasting where you go hungry for a few days. It actually does trigger more prayer. Like it makes you mm. pray more, ask for more. And like the hunger turns into fueling kind of this prayer thing. And it just it works. It's like a objective. I don't want to say scientific, but it's like this it's just a reality that fasting helps right. with prayer. And, but I think that the Risperdal by making me hungry all the time has put me in a state of mind where I do have a smidge of like an extra kind of motivation to ask God for stuff. So I, so I can like, kind of, I can kind of like um, steer that, that the hungry mind to accumulate, to try to like accumulate things for other people by asking and uh it also it does make me like you know try to like it makes me drink coke a lot and yeah, yeah. eat food myself but i think also for me to feel hungry makes me more motivated to do the food volunteering because i'm like assuming that like even people with food everyone just wants food right now you know because that's how i feel <laughs> i want food all the time and i was i'm like everyone is that and it's it's of course doesn't compare to like real hunger people not having food but i think it helps motivate me help those it helps helps it helps me help those people because yeah. it makes food be on my mind and it's, it gives yeah. me like this this feeling this urgent feeling where i'm like everyone needs food right now you know i should be volunteering yeah every second of the day which i don't i'm yeah. actually only every not i'm not volunteering like constantly but but um it's just giving me this like food mindset that i think is kind of interesting and it makes me it makes me like cook stuff i think it influences yeah. what i cook where i'm gonna choose the things that taste good and i'm gonna think okay i'm gonna 
add, go ahead and add cream to this yeah. chicken. And instead of just being like, well, what's the healthy thing? Mm. I'm like craving stuff all the time. So it's yeah. like, it affects my food creativity too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like so much with mental illness, like you just got to work with what you got, you know, like it's like you can't hold everything. So like some things you just got to let go and work with what you got, figure out a way to like, like I think half the battle sometimes comes from like resisting, like we're like, I don't want to be this way or I don't want things um, to happen for me in this way and just sort of like sitting with it and being like, well, like this is what I have to work with. And so, like, what can I do from here? Yeah. Like, also reminding myself to and in clients that I work with, like, your best is not going to look like somebody else's best. Like, we're all different. We all have different capacities, and that's okay. And like, learning to just sit with that. Yeah, I I agree, and I think that that is one like um, that's one thing I've chosen consistently over time is to go ahead and and not require certain discipline from myself, even though I kind of always thought discipline was cool and people were like really disciplined lives. I've always thought that's cool. And there's some things I'm disciplined about, but I've mostly let myself just like go by appetite sometimes and just, you know, chosen the comfort pretty often and in various ways and like, and go ahead and let myself be, I don't want to say a pig, but that is how it feels sometimes, a pig mm. or, a, or a wimp with, like, needing air conditioning That's and, and needing sleep and sugary drinks and, and rest and all that stuff. I've just gone ahead and been like, I'm going to let myself be human you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. it actually kept me, it made me be honest. Cause I, I think I have struggled with honesty sometimes. It's like one of my little character struggles. I think everyone has their weaknesses and I have to like try on purpose to be honest. And I think that having to allow, like having to like live a kind of um, comfort seeking life helped me be more honest. Yeah, for sure. Man, well, Sarah, I'm so glad that I got to have you on here today. Thanks so much for sharing your journey and your experience. Like that was, it was just really interesting to listen to and also relatable. Thanks. Um, and I know, like, like you said, you know, throughout our talk today, like sometimes mental illness can really ostracize you or make you feel like set apart. But I'm grateful for you sharing your story, and I know that it's going to help people to feel like less alone in the world. Thank definitely help so me. Much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, any last things you want to say or share? Um, I don't think there is. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say that. Um, um, that creative writing and volunteering yeah. have been two things where you can be like as, as, as it can be. You can be as deeply philosophical and spiritual yeah. with either thing, you know, reaching out to people in dramatic ways or, or reading and writing in meaningful ways. And it helps like, it's an alternative to religious support. And for anyone yeah. else who has trouble with like religious obsession and, 
and that kind of stuff it's like a good it's like a good way to balance it out that was the only other thing to say that's great yeah thank you so much sarah i really appreciate it you're welcome thank you so much sarah i hope i'll see you another another time oh yeah for sure when the pandemic is over yeah have a good day take care bye Open Hands is produced, hosted, and edited by Sarah Nickerson. Theme music is by Sleeping at Last. You can find Open Hands on Instagram at Open Hands Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and be well.